This is the Fog Pod, an extension of the Fog Horn. This is the Fog Pod. We're reporting on the reporting of the Fog Horn. We're reporting on the reporting of the Fog Horn. This is the Fog Pod. We're reporting on the reporting of the Fog Horn. All right. We are live. We are live. Um, My name is Marty Harding. I have been the news editor of the Fog Horn for three semesters now. And yet, this is my first time on the Fog Pod, so I'm super excited. And I'm actually interviewing my technically bosses, <laughs> Gabriel Greshler and Haley Bircher, because our topic this week is a something that happened in the last issue of the Foghorn that was unexpected and unique. And there's going to be an, a story on it in this week's issue. Um, but essentially, I'll give a brief recap for those who haven't read the story yet. We ran an advertisement in the Foghorn for the last issue of the paper, and the advertisement turned out to be a scam, because when a student tried to apply for the position, um, they found out that the company that they thought they were hired by wasn't actually advertising, and that the people they were corresponding with were impersonating employees from that company, which was Kloon Construction, based here in San Francisco. So when the company attempted to pay the student, the check that the student deposited actually bounced. And when they contacted the real company, they found out that this had been happening elsewhere as well. And so the company was actually working with the FBI in order to resolve the case. So after this, the student actually contacted the Foghorn through scene editor Sarah Armandirez, who then told editor-in-chief Gabe um, what was happening. So Gabe, what was kind of the first response that the Foghorn had to this knowledge about the ad being a scam? Yeah, so I got the text from scene editor uh, Sarah Armanderas and immediately I was like, whoa, this is definitely not good. We have to solve this. Uh, the only This was the only issue though, was that the paper that had the fraudulent ad in it was coming to our office hot off the presses in about 30 minutes. So I've, my first sol- uh, kind of solution to this was to put stickers over the ad. We have a, a circulation of a thousand, so it meant bringing in four or five people kind of that we uh, had volunteer um, come in and help place stickers. It was a real operation. And and what happened about halfway through that process, Gabe? <laughs> okay, so we're all, we're all sitting there and a whole nother news event crashes into us there was a uh, gas uh, pipe fire that happened about two blocks away from Lone Mountain one of the buildings um, at University of San Francisco so Marty you were helping us put stickers over but then you left to go report on it and then it started to look like it was a much bigger event and it turned out to be a national news story I went to go help on that. So the sticker operation sort of stopped at that point. Maybe we had gone through about 700 uh, issues out of a thousand. So then I'm reporting on this fire story and then I get a text from Haley. And Haley, what happened there? Well, I came into the office after having watched the gas explosion from my window. um, And that was already kind of hectic. And Marcy Nunez, who works in SLE, Um, comes in and says that public safety has actually asked us to pull all the issues that are currently on stands because we ran the ad the previous week 
And then she says that the stickers are not going to be enough um, and that we need to just pull the whole issue and reprint it, which we have a very set routine on Wednesdays. We all, all the editors come in, we all pick up our papers, deliver them to our designated spots. And that kind of threw everything out of whack. And we had to contact the printing company and reconfigure the whole design of the issue because we had a giant gaping hole in it. Yeah, yeah. And so what did public safety say? Like, how did they know about what had happened? They basically were like, look, the sticker isn't enough because some people are going to be curious what is under the sticker and people might peel it off. People might um, end up contacting the person. So essentially it was sort of a, a dangerous thing to have out there because of the crime that had been um, surrounding it essentially. And the sticker was just not enough to protect against that. Also, just from a like foghorn standpoint, we don't want to kind of print anything that's false or that isn't actually yeah, happening. Accurate. True. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then in um, in the case of the student, um, public safety actually did an investigation, a formal investigation um, into the ad. I'm curious, were you guys suspicious of this advertisement at all? Yes, yes. definitely. <laughs> yeah. When we got when we got the ad, we all just were like, that's super weird. Why? Just because it, the phrasing was odd. It just was, all. It was also a half-page ad, yeah, for about two sentences of text, which obviously we respect someone paying a certain amount of money of for a space. Um, but just the premise of it was kind of strange. Yeah, and also like the. I know this is weird to say but the fact that it was like a guy's name and then it was at mail.com and like I've never seen that um don't like that email domain before which is just like it was like weird and the fact that they wanted to put it in four issues too I to, for just one person like one personal assistant to me was sort of weird but we've gotten at legitimate ads sort of akin to that before. So that's why we were like, okay, like then there's someone needs a personal assistant. Like it's not a big deal. So mm-hmm. and also the fact that when we we did a little bit of research beforehand and we found out that the guy was located in San Francisco. That sort of to us felt like it legitimized the situation. And also the name um that the scam was using, that guy. Yeah. Um the same ad was run in the Chronicle. Um and then we think also in some Chicago publication. So we thought, oh, well, you know, if the Chronicle's running this ad, like, yeah, gotta another... be legit. But yeah. they fooled everybody. Exactly. So the authors of the story, Izzy Halleck and Haley Kaiser, actually found out that the name that was used, Darren Craig, is an actual employee at Clune Construction. It's not a fake person. They didn't make something up. They were actually impersonating the real employees. Um, which is partly why the FBI got involved. Related to advertising, how is it that advertisements come to the Foghorn? Like, how, what is the channel that this advertisement went down in order to get published in the paper? Yeah, so we, um, you know, have an advertising manager, Omar um, Shatrat, and it's very simple. People basically uh, email him, uh, tell him what size they want, whether they want it in black and white color, 
the amount of ads they want in, in you know, one issue, two issues, three issues. He will then calculate the price and he will send them a bill, essentially. Going forward, are, are you going to do anything differently? Like, how did this experience kind of inform the process through which advertising goes in the Foghorn? I think it's hard to tell when an ad is a scam, per mm-hmm. se, but... I think it's especially telling that we all had this gut instinct of like, huh, that's weird. Yeah. And then just kind of went through with it. And it's not, I wouldn't say the blame's on anybody. We all just kind of collectively accepted the strangeness of the ad. Um, so it's like more following our gut instinct yeah. on things. And then I would also say that when it's, you know, it's when a student group on our campus gives us an, or requests an ad, um, like, the process behind that is a lot simpler. We know that, like, this is a real group, blah, blah, blah. But I think going forward when it's someone from outside of the university, it's really going to take us contacting that person directly to say, hey, we want to confirm that this is you. Because that's what we really should have done, is call up this Darren Craig guy and say, did you place this ad? Right. And that was the mistake on our end. So do you see yourself doing that with any external ads going forward yeah absolutely absolutely yeah got it interesting what do you have to say to any readers of the foghorn who might um have lost a tiny bit of trust i definitely don't blame them but i feel as though we've definitely learned a lot from this experience definitely yeah and i also would say like i want to give a shout out to the student who was affected by this like we're not going to be naming him in the story um but I want to like give our most sincere apology to him because of the kind of um, just struggles that he had to go through and the fact that people thought he was suspicious and he wasn't. He was just trying to be a personal <laughs> assistant. So I want to give my sincere apology to him. Um, but I think for the folks that hear this uh, episode, I want them to know that we are on our end trying to do as much as possible to not have it happen again. And we're going to be doing our due diligence to make sure that no students are affected by this again. It is kind of conflict of interest, I think, to be um, interviewing each other. And I do want to acknowledge that this is very um, untraditional. We don't usually include members of the paid staff in the newspaper, but this was kind of a unique experience that uh, was definitely newsworthy because it did impact the student population. In fact, I personally was kind of surprised that only one student saw this ad, Um, especially considering, like you said, Haley, we all kind of had that gut instinct putting it in the paper. It was interesting that only one student responded. So um, this is definitely out of the norm for the Falcorn, um, but going forward, hopefully it will not have to be repeated. That's my, like, first audio experience. That was so weird. Finally, before we go, some thanks. A special shout out to Haley and Izzy, my deputy news writers who um, wrote the story and did the investigating sort of for us. Haley and Gabe, thank you guys for coming on and talking about this experience. Thank you to Meg Carwana, who's the audio engineer who works at the Fog Pod. And lastly, thank you to USF Media Lab, where we are right now um, using this space. Mm-hmm.